You're listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hallelujah. We're in John chapter 2. This is what, seven weeks now? And we made it to chapter, I believe it's maybe the eighth week. Uh, we, yeah, eighth week. So John chapter 2, we've, we've, we've taught this verses 1 through 11. We're not going to read it again because I think y'all got it probably memorized down in your heart. You hit it down in your heart, right? Yes. <laughs> and so we're going to do a kind of synopsis of what has taken place. I, I, I thought we had, had uh, really gotten all the goody out of this. But how many of you know you can't exhaust God's word? Uh, I'll tell you what, it's, the first thing we, we've learned about this is Jesus is at a wedding. And, um, you know, you start reading about, you hear scholars and theologians and saying, why would Jesus go to a wedding? And the first thing you need to realize in verse 2 of John chapter 2, verse, uh, John chapter uh, 2, verse 1, chapter 1, is that he was invited. Amen? How I many you know if you invite Jesus, he'll come? Huh? It doesn't mean just at church. It doesn't just mean on Sunday morning. It can be on aisle nine at H-E-B. Amen? Where two or more are gathered in his name. If you'll invite him, he'll be there. Uh, I mean, he'll cook dinner with you. Amen? He'll be there if you will invite Jesus. And so these are signs that, that you know, John, there, there's seven miracles that John speaks about. Seven of them. Now, that's not how many miracles Jesus did because John says, he says, we wouldn't be able to contain, the books wouldn't be able to contain everything that Jesus did. But these were written so that you might believe. Amen. How many of you believe this morning? So, so these miracles were done and there were signs. How many of you know signs give you direction? They point somewhere. Like that exit points to that door. If, if a catastrophe happened here, we would all head out the exit because that sign points to the door. So these miracles that John is talking about, he says they are signs. There is a message in the miracle. It's more than just a miracle. It's, it's the, how wonderful the miracle is, but there's a direction. There's revelation in the miracle. There's a message in the miracle. And so we're going to learn about these here this morning. We, we, we continue last week. We talked about, you know, Mary... A couple weeks ago, Mary, when they ran out of wine, she approached Jesus. And so she interceded for that couple. How many of you know there's a powerful prayer of intercession? Huh? Do you know that Jesus is making intercession for the saints? So when you intercede for others, Jesus is also interceding. Praise God. Sits at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for the saints. And so, so Mary comes up to Jesus and says, they're out of wine. Now, you know, you think, well, what? Is that really significant? Are we here to provide beverages, you know, at a party, refreshments? But it was important to those people because that wedding, that town was probably less than 500 people. And for them to run out of wine, it really showed grief on the groom-to-be. Because if he can't provide wine at the wedding, how's he going to provide for his wife? And that was what was taking place. So Mary comes up and says, they have run out of wine. Everybody say, run out of wine. How many know you can run out of wine in your life? Huh? How many of you know you can run out of wine in your faith? 
You come to church every Sunday and you do the, the motions, you sing the praise songs, you raise your hands, say three hallelujahs, you sit down, you know the lingo, you know what to say, God is good all the time, but how many know you can run out of wine? How many know you can run out of wine in your marriage? Now men, look straight up out here at me. Don't turn to your left, don't turn to your right. You can run out of wine, you can run out of things in life. You can run it out in your job, in your health. And it's, you run out of resources. But how many know God is your source? Huh? He provides resources, but he is your source. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, if you got Jesus in your life, you don't run out of wine. You don't run out of wine. See, wine represented in the Old Testament is joy. And so, how many of you know you can be unhappy but still have joy? Yes, sir. Huh? Happiness is based on happenings. Joy is based on knowing that God's still on the throne He's still got a plan for you. It's good plans, right? He's not scratching his head and going, what am I going to do next? He's already planned it out from the end to the beginning. And so we can have joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You know what that means? That you can't even explain it. You can't explain the joy that you have. You should, you're unhappy because your happenings are based on happenings. But you still have joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you cannot explain it. It's, it's unspeakable. You can't explain it. People look at you and say, why do you still have this strength? What you're going through? Because who I am tied to, where I'm anchored to, the rock, right? When life overwhelms me, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Aren't you glad that there's something higher than you? Huh? That you can come to? Aren't you glad it's something higher than, than your mindset? That there's someone whose name is Jesus Christ, amen, who died for us, who rose again on the third day, and there's going to come a day, twinkling an eye, amen, the dead in Christ will rise, and we will meet him in the air, hallelujah. So we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now here's the next thing that happened. Mary says they're out of wine. Jesus said, woman. Do y'all ever call your mama that? I don't think of in the culture. What he was saying there is, is mom. It's not my time. Turn to your neighbor and say, timing. How many of you know that God does not fly by the seat of his pants? God doesn't fly off the cuff. God has a plan, plan for your life. And so you have to realize that he says, it's not my time. It's not my time. What I believe he was saying there is like he knew that once he did this public miracle, his ministry starts and it's, it's a countdown to the cross. You got to remember, he's God, but he was the son of man also. He felt feelings. Did you know that? We do not have a high priest who's not sympathetic to our needs. Do you know he felt, he walked a mile in your shoe, he knows what you felt, feel? We think it's because he's God, because he's Jesus, but he was the son of man. Being operated by the Holy Spirit. Remember in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it's all possible... Take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He's saying it's not my time. See, folks, here's a sign that, that it might be that you've been praying and believing God for something, but I promise, but maybe the timing's just not right. Huh? God told Joseph, gave him a dream, and says the sun and the stars are going to bow before you. But he's 17 years of age, and he wasn't ready for the palace. And he had to go to the pit. Right? 
See, everybody say this, process. We learned that last week, that there's a process. How many ever prayed for wine and God gave you water? Huh? That's why they, they ask, we don't have any wine. He says, here, I'll give you water. You know why? Because sometimes there's a process. Because God doesn't just want to change the water into wine. He wants to change you in the process. Right? And that's when you can count it all joy when you go through trials, through the process, knowing the testament of your faith will produce patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and tired and lacking nothing. So they did a process. They filled up six vessels, stone vessels. You know they're heavy. They're made out of stone. And they held 30 gallons of water apiece, 20 to 30 gallons of water apiece. That's 180 gallons of water. That's a process. Don't just go to the hydrant and turn it on and, and faucet and just fill it up. They had to get buckets to fill that up. They had to go draw water out of a well or out of a river, out of a cistern, and bring it back to fill it up and fill it up to the brim. But when they walked it out, how many of you know that when you walk by faith, walk by faith, huh? How many know faith has a corresponding action, huh? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith without works is dead. So it could be that you're praying for God, believing God, it's not the right time, and maybe because it's not the right time, because if God gave it to you, you couldn't hold on to it anyway. Joseph wasn't ready for the palace. He had to go through the process. He had to go through the process. But then once he went through the process... Then he became second in command. Amen. Then he, the dream that he saw came to pass. Hallelujah. So we're, we, you know, we preach promises at church so much, but we don't preach process. And folks, we go back to our jobs. It's a process. We go back to our homes. Process. We need to preach process. Now, I thought that was it. I thought that was all the signs. You know, we read that for two weeks. Did y'all think we were going to go on today, didn't you? We're thinking, let's go on to the next one. But God goes, nope, not yet. There's another sign here. I'm like, what is it, Lord? And then I got to thinking about the water, the gallons of water. That wedding, they say, was less than 500 people in the hometown lived there. So it had to be a small wedding. They've already been drinking wine, and they ran out. So Jesus comes along and says, fill up all the vessels, all of them. Do you think, no, I, I mean, he could have looked at it, and here's a, here's a principle. He could have looked at it and said, 30 gallons ought to get them through. Wouldn't you say? 30 gallons ought to get them by. Man, to really cover your bases, they've already been drinking to finish out the whole night. Let's give, them, let's give them two cisterns, all right? Two vessels. 60 gallons of wine. <laughs> he didn't do that. He says, fill them up all. All of them. 180 gallons of water. And when they drew it out, it turned into 180 gallons of wine. And not Boone's Farm. Huh? Not cul-de-sac. 
Not that Trader Joe's wine, right? It was the best wine. The best wine. When the governor took, the, the host took the drink, he goes, you have saved the best for last. There's something in our life. You think, the, you think your good old days are behind you? The best is yet to come. Amen. God says, I'll bless your latter more than your former. Right. It's coming. <laughs> the best is yet to come. But here's, here's the thing I want you to see. He told him, fill them all up, 180 gallons. And the Lord says, I want you to figure out how many bottles of wine that was. Okay. So I looked up. How many bottles of wine in a gallon? Five. Five times 180, 900 bottles of wine. He's El Shaddai, folks. He's not barely enough. He's not getting by. And don't you think that he blessed them? They ran out of wine probably because the man was poor and that's what he could afford. And God, Jesus blessed him with a wedding gift like no other. Because once they drank whatever they drank, they had so much good wine, the best wine, they could sell it and make a profit. See, God is a God that way. God wants you to prosper, amen? God wants you to be blessed in your life, all aspects of your life. Do you know that here this morning? He wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. Huh? Abraham's your spiritual father. He owns silver, cattle, and gold. You know, Solomon, King Solomon, his horse stables were all gold. God wants you to be, God is a God of abundance. God is a God of prosperity. And I've been labeled here as a prosperity preacher. Yeah, I want, God wants you to prosper. How are you going to clothe the naked and feed the, the poor, the hungry, if you can't do it yourself? You've got to have the resources. Huh? It's, 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 it's been a mindset that we're supposed to be poor little church mice. Have you ever heard that? See, that gets down in your soul, and that's what you think. You know, and we, we look on TV and you, see, and you see pastors and they might drive something good. Or they might have a nice house. And they're like, oh, I can't believe that they do that. But you don't mind that this gangster over here that, that has 10 houses and 15 cars, you don't mind them doing that. But the man of God can't be blessed. It, how, how's the world going to look? Hey, listen, the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, Amen. amen. And how are we going to go forward if we don't have? And listen, prosperity, the message I'm telling you here, is within God's will. It doesn't mean he wants you to be King Tut and hoard it all. He wants you to, he wants you to go out and, and, and spread it. Be rivers of living water. Huh? Not to hoard. Not to hoard and keep. Give and shall be given unto you. First you give. First you give. You're saying, Pastor, are you talking about my wallet? <laughs> Listen, I'm talking about every area of your life. You want friends? You got to be a friend. Right? You got to give. If, if, if you want mercy, you got to give mercy. If you want forgiveness, you got to extend forgiveness. Every aspect of your life, God wants you to prosper. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. You catch those four things? Good measure. Good measure. Shaking together. Running over. I wish they did that with Lay's potato chips. <laughs> Every time I open a bag of those and, and I look in, I'm like, somebody beat me to it. 
Where are the chips in this bag? But God won't do you that way. He'll fill it up, press it down, right? Shake it together, make sure there's no boys there. Running over. You catch that? So a lot of people won't, won't amen that. And we, we've, got, we got, we've got to break that mentality. And it's a soul mentality. It's, it's, been, it's been a seed that's been planted in our garden, and, and it's affected our soul. I'm going to give you a few scriptures here this morning. Hallelujah. Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for what? Joy. Let them shout for joy and be glad whose favor my righteousness calls. Wow, God gives you favor. I love that. When you like him, just walk up to you and say, hey, I want to do a favor for you. Huh? Guys, I want to do a favor. Wow. Go ahead, Lord. Let them shout for joy and be glad whose favor my righteousness calls. And let them say continually. So you guys say continually. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Well, I don't think you can say it any other way. Look at John 10, 10. The thief, who's the thief? The old devil. What's his resume? He comes to steal. He'll steal from you first. Steal your finances. Kill your marriage. Destroy relationships, destroy, kill, steal, and destroy. He says, but Jesus says, I have come. Does he say will? He said that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. It depends what you're going to receive. Are you going to receive all of this? Huh? Are you going to believe that Jesus came, that you might have life and have it more abundantly? How many want excessive life, overflowing life, Zoe life, God's kind of life? That's what we want. God says you can have that. He says the thief is the one who's doing the stealing. He's the one doing the killing. You know that? How many know God wants you to be healed? Huh? How many know he, part of the atonement on the cross is that by his stripes we are healed. Surely he bore our sickness and our pains and carried our griefs. That's talking about sickness. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. A lot of people don't think. It's the thief. They say, God put this sickness on me. No, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, let's look at 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. This is an important one right here. This one I wanna, want you to get. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in some of the things. I pray that you prosper in a few things. I pray that you prosper. Everybody say it. Come on, say it. Some of you just need to say it. See, when, when some of you, when you say that, it's like a chokehold. I can't say it. Because I'm experiencing this. Well, maybe you're going through a process. I, all things. And be in health 
God wants you to be in every, listen, finances is one part of the pie. Health is one part of the pie. God wants every aspect of your life to be prosperous. Be prosperous. Beloved, I pray. I love the King James version of this. This is the new King James, but the King James says, above all things. Huh? Above all things. I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your Why do people cringe at that? Healing is not just a good idea. That's God's word. That's what he says. By his stripes. I pray that you be in health, prosper, and be in health in all things. Jonathan, would you come up here and help me out here this morning? There you go. Three parts, three cups, right? Jesus came to the earth, right? He came as he came as also he came as God, but he came as also the Son of God, Son of Man, right? Had flesh, and the Word became flesh. This is the flesh, okay? How many say it's clear? Jesus had a soul, mind. What he thought, the will, the mind of Christ. This is the Spirit. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. See? He had the Spirit. Now, Jesus, all the water's clear, right? It's perfect. And one day in John chapter 5, Jesus heals a man, a lame man. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees call him on the carpet and says, why do you heal on the Sabbath? And he goes, the Son of Man can do nothing on his own. It's my Father who does the work. And he says, and by the way, he's always working. God's always working. So they're saying, why are you healing on the Sabbath? He says, it's not, the Son of Man cannot do anything on his own. I'm just a conduit. It's the Father doing the work. Father, it's like this light. How many of you know he's the light of the world? So here's what Jesus did. Through the spirit, through the soul, the soul was perfect, the spirit was perfect, his flesh was perfect. That's something. The light would just shine right through. You see that? And so when he walked up to a lame person or somebody was sick, there was no problem because Father... The light, amen, of heaven did the work through the conduit of Jesus. He says, I can't do anything on my own, but what my father does, and went right through and healed. Healed. How did it turn the wine, water into wine? The father. You see that? We are a three-part being. Did you know that? Paul says this, I pray that you be preserved blameless with the coming of Jesus Christ with your spirit, soul, and body. Here's your body, flesh. This is your soul. It's your mind, your will, and emotions. The spirit is the real you. This is when you are born again. When you ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior, you become a new creation. Everybody say new. You're not remodeled. You're not been remodeled. You're not a better you. You're a new you. 
And this is the real you. This is the eternal you, your spirit, right? Now you have a soul, which is your mind, will, emotions. You have a soul, but you're not a soul. You're a spirit that possesses a soul that lives in a body. Now how many know that body, when Adam fell off the bridge, when Adam sinned in the garden, sin entered the world. Contaminated our flesh. And how many know that some Christians, and I can do this too myself, I can become carnal. You know what I'm talking about? I can go through society and life fleshy. Not a very good witness. Right? Fleshy. How many know you, <laughs> you don't make a good witness when you're meaner than a two-headed snake? <laughs> People go, oh, we got slain in the spirit. But you're not walking in the spirit. You leave the churches and you say, oh, we got slain. And you walk outside and you go to the restaurant and, and the waitress brings broccoli instead of french fries. And you say, I said french fries. Focus. <laughs> Have you ever been around Christians like that? Huh? How many of you know this flesh... The Apostle Paul in Romans, he says, there's no good thing in I speaking about my flesh. This won't change until the twinkling of the eye and we get a glorified body. Now here's the problem. We got this flesh that tempts us. You ever been tempted by your flesh? The lust of the flesh. There's some things that are good with the flesh. Like God ordained the flesh for you to have sleep, eight hours of sleep. But when you want to sleep all day, that's the lust of the flesh. You see what I'm saying? This flesh can really get offended. You know that? Have you ever had condescending compliments? You show up to work, tired. Your boss looks at you and says, wow, you made it on time. <laughs> Implying you're never on time. How about, I love how you can just wear anything and look. <laughs> Implying that. Or how about, you look good with makeup. Condescending compliment can bring out the barrier in you, can it? Not like a cobra. The problem is, some of us govern ourselves by the flesh. And these two are warring, the spirit and the flesh. You know, in Galatians it says that the spirit wars with the flesh, the flesh wars with the spirit. You know why? They're after the soul. Because the soul has a free will. It makes the choices. You can't sit there and say, the devil made me do it. Remember Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. No, it was you. You made the choice through your soul. Now, why do people sometimes have problem with healing? Why do sometimes people don't believe in miracles? Why does that take place? 
Because someone comes along and says, here's your soul, here's your mind. Miracles went out with the apostles. Healing was just to get the church started. There's no baptism of the Holy Spirit. What happens? You lose your faith. You start saying, poor as church mice. See, that came from somewhere. Because the enemy will use people, and they can love God. And listen, they can love God, and heaven is their home, but they, believe, they don't believe in anything but salvation, that, that, the sweet by and by. And we're just holding the fort down until Jesus comes. And we have no power whatsoever. That, that all ended, that was, that was a special time for the apostles, and God doesn't do any miracles today, and look what happens to your soul. And then someone comes along and says, I want you to pray for me. Look what happens. Ain't blinding you anymore. God's trying to do a work. What? Because you've got murky water. A soul that's been contaminated. So what do we do? See, you need to find someone who preaches the word that, 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 because whatever you hear that's preached, listen, it's, it's through the foolishness of preaching that people get faith. If you hear about salvation, you're going to hear about salvation, you'll have faith for salvation. But if you don't hear faith for healing, or if you don't have, hear faith for miracles, or you don't hear faith that God wants you to prosper, if you don't hear those things, and we just read those things, that wasn't Pastor Arthur's words. That was God's word. Above all things, he wants you to prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. So what do we have to do? You have to be, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies, your bodies, your flesh, your flesh, a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know what that means? You got to take this spirit and police that flesh. Don't let the flesh call the shots. Let the spirit call the shots. Don't let the flesh call the shots. Don't let it govern your life. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed. You know what? The flesh is no good. I'm going to put it over here. Because you got to lay it aside. Bitterness, wrath, malice, jealousy, envy. you got to lay those things aside. So lay it aside and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God that's able to save your soul. So what happens? The Spirit comes along. And so it says, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world. Don't think like the world. Don't say poor church mice. Don't say, went out with apostles. No miracles today. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be shaped by the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the spirit comes along. Your spirit. Let me get this contamination out of the way. Comes along and your spirit starts flooding your mind. And the spirit of God Fills you back up. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with what? The Spirit of God. Amen?
and God pours in, and you pour that spirit in. Huh? God keeps pouring in. You receive, you know, it says, above all things. Huh? I pray that you prosper. Oh. And be in good health. I come that you might have life and have it overflowing. Huh? Abundant life. Overflowing life. Zoe life, right? God delights in the prosperity of his service, see? And it starts transforming your mind, amen? And look what God does. Oh, there you go. Then God can do that work, amen? Hey, I'm a simple kind of guy. I have to have it drawn out. But I'll tell you what. Praise God that God gives us parables. Amen. Praise God that we this will never run out. He says, I'm a well, an everlasting well. It'll always be flowing. And there ought to be rivers of living water flowing out of us. Amen. Touching other people. Touching other folks. Don't say God doesn't heal today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God be for us. Who can be against us? We are more than conquerors. Do you realize that in your life? You're not just a conqueror. You're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Ooh, I made a mess of this. I hope this helped anybody here today. Amen. So transform that mind. Renew that mind. How do you do? Go to prayer. Go to the Word. By the washing of the Word. Amen. It washes you. It cleans all that stinking thinking out. I mean, you know, you got stinking thinking. Comes from the world. See, God says you're in this world, but you're not of this world. He's trying to get the world out of you. Hey, thanks for listening today. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And subscribe to the Velocity YouTube channel. To find out about service times, visit us at velocitybrenham.org. We hope to see you soon.